goes out to all you Ravagers and Outriders, Novacor and Crane, and even all you Sovereign out there. You are now listening to Sanctuary One Radio. Because if he ever does... We're boned. We're, we're we cannot stop him. Yeah. And that's just reinforced in the Justice League movie. As soon as, he is, as soon as he enters the fight, it's not a fight anymore. It's the Justice League wins. Yeah. There are people listening. We we finally made it to space that has people in it. That's exciting. Bird ladies. Bird ladies. We are currently orbiting above Chandelar. All the bird ladies. The th- bird ladies. The I mean, there's bird guys too, but there are. What ifs? Uh, the throne world of the Shi'ar Empire, and we hope uh, everyone is doing well down there on uh, on the surface uh you are listening to sanctuary one radio the official broadcast of the biggest ship in the galaxy sanctuary one i'm dime jab i'm here with props and side what's going on guys hey how's it going how, how, how you feeling we're, we're, we're good i'm i'm good here i like i like this place i uh i i hear the uh the women are a little bit loose uh at least that's what i heard from professor x that's all i'm saying <laughs> so you didn't really hear it. He thought it to he you. He went boop, 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 I heard something about X-Men and loose women. That's all I heard. <laughs> there was there was about 20 to 30 other lines of text in there, but <laughs> I just didn't get any of it. There's such disappointment on the other side of this microphone. Uh, <laughs> I am disappointed in you. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, hi, everyone down there. Uh I don't even know what to follow that up with. I don't have a joke or, or anything. So we're just going to get right into it. Uh, but before we do, remember, uh, you can follow the show uh, at Sanctuary One Radio on Twitter and Instagram. You can also uh, email us. Let us know what your thoughts are. Send us your questions so that we can answer them on some dedicated segments. Uh, Sanctuary One Radio at gmail.com is how you can reach us. I, pr- I believe it's pronounced uh, Jamail. Jamail. Okay. Jamail. Uh, uh, Jamail. That's what someone told me. Oh, okay. I, is it? Is we it might wrong? have to stop by Earth soon. Just yeah, to, I, just, to yeah, get yeah. That, just just hang out in the atmosphere. That. that hasn't ended badly for spaceships ever. No, no never, no, never. So we're never. just we're just we're, we'll make a stop there. I think we we've already planned a stop to be there. Just we have to make sure this time that we actually go to Earth and not counter Earth. That's on the other side yeah, of the yeah, sun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We it's don't really weird. That. We don't want to do that. The Fantastic Four look really weird. Uh, uh, Iron Man looks, look weird. looks really weird. Hulk man. doesn't wear any pants. It's really, it's really weird. Well, you take your wins and losses where you can, and that's it. So, uh, Hulk with no pants. It's all right if he keeps his distance. <laughs> yes, uh, for the most part. Um, now it's in my head forever. Yeah, well, <laughs> that and loose women. Uh, <laughs> let's get into our, our discussion for, for today. Uh, last week we talked about uh, Solo. The week before we talked about Deadpool. And of course, when we started all this, we reflected on Avengers. And it seems like the common theme for a lot of these regularly scheduled uh, 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 franchise films is that 
the later we get into a series or a franchise, um, the expectations start to change. Uh, they start to tweak it a little bit. Uh, and Avengers Infinity War is a prime example, and we're going to kind of continue our discussion from, from previous weeks talking about Avengers. There is some serious uh, expectation changes and some serious subversion changes like in in Avengers Infinity War serious attempts to subvert what the expectations are going in well I think that really uh, if you you can trace it back to um, to Winter Soldier I mean that's the first time our expectation of what a superhero movie is changed and instead we got this nice spy espionage type deal um, where they subverted what we think of as a superhero movie and give something completely different. Um, where it was a kind of like an espionage movie with superheroes in it. Yeah. Uh, at least that's my opinion. Uh, and I think then we move on to Civil War and there, yes, there's a villain, but look at the screen time. Like, right? Yeah. How much do you see that villain, right? The majority of it is hero to hero. And then it makes you think who's right. Which side is good? Which side is bad? Or do they both have valid points? It makes you think. And then we move on to Infinity War where we get what we got, right? We, we don't get that happy ending. We don't even get that hope of what's... We get inclinations that there might be hope, but we don't get that hope for tomorrow. Uh, actually, I'd, I'd say the first comic book movie to me that was that was subversive as far as our expectations was actually Batman Begins. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I guess that yeah, was the yeah. first movie the they were that, like yeah. I, I specifically more talking about Marvel, but the yes. Marvel movies, but like <laughs> the first one I can think of like the Batman line the Batman movies there, like they were the first movie, um, they tried to make uh Rachel Ghoul's motivation understandable. Yeah, yeah, okay. And then they tried to play with us. The guy that we were playing around with the whole movie turned out to be the actual Rachel Ghoul. Yeah. Razal Ghoul instead of the Ken Watanabe that they kind of made us out to think it was. Yeah. Um, then in the second movie, our, pretty much universally, Joker is everybody's favorite character out of The Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's because, like, he brings up some good points. Like, he was like, look what I could do. The, you know, I I kill a busload, of, a, bu- a bunch of soldiers die. No one bats an eye. I say I'm going to blow up one hospital and you all lose your minds. Mm-hmm. Merely because of the what you expect it goes against what you expect to happen. Yeah, that's the joke. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, Two Face, like we 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 know as comic book fans, Harvey Dent was going to become Two Face. Yeah. Yep. But the viewer, the average viewer, did not. Mm-hmm. So seeing the the white pretty boy of Gotham that was supposed to be everybody's. You know, like White that was Knight. going to be the savior yeah. of Gotham. Yeah, turn into the villain, turn into a villain at the end of it. That's well. That film has a kind of a core belief system that, like, it's tried really hard to sell you on the idea that Harvey Dent was to to the regular film goer. Harvey Dent was truly going to replace batman there felt like there was like, like he was untouchable he yeah well it felt like they were trying to aim at this closure it was almost like it felt like a film that uh that um is like the finale of a trilogy 
right? But it's the second film in a trilogy. Like Batman's Two Days from Retirement. And I, yeah. wish, and I wish it had been the last movie in that trilogy. Yeah, well. <laughs> that's a uh, whole nother conversation. Whatever could you mean? Talk about subverting expectations. <laughs> right? Uh, um, but that's that's probably the first, those are the first movies, like especially com- hard comic book movies that I can think of that really, really went about subverting our expectations for a movie. Yeah. Because if you think the only movies we had to compare it to before that are Joel Shoemaker. <laughs> yeah, uh, and Christopher Reeves, Four. Christopher Reeves, you know, Superman, Reeves Supermans, which are su- super comic book movies. Um, X two, I think, comes Blade. before those. Blade, Blade was actually again another one of those ones that was very subversive for idea, but it wasn't really a comic book movie. It just had a comic book character in it. I would say, yeah, and I would say uh, the unfortunate part is there. I, you know, Blade two was was not bad. I wish they had stopped there. That's another one of those things where they did not uh, need that third I one. I will love Blade 3 if only for the fact that it introduced Ryan Reynolds to comic books. Yeah, I and I, I, he, I did like him. I did like him in in that movie cuz he's funny. Um, right. Well, somebody watched that and they were like, "You're basically Deadpool." And he's like, "Who's Deadpool?" And like the yeah. next day a stack load of Deadpool comics showed up on his doorstep. <laughs> and that's what made him want to make Deadpool. Yeah. As far movie. as as far so, as the movie is concerned though. So, it <laughs> Uh, I like how it got progressively worse. Like, first movie, he fights the god of vampires. Second movie, he fights an entire species of vampires. The last movie, he fights the first one. Yeah. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, sorry. You literally uh, fought a god. You fought the and god then... previously. You fought a god, and then you fought an entire species of vampires. Yeah. An entire species and now you're telling me one. Well, I they, get it. It's supposed to be like the, the badass the, one, but he fought a god. The, the, pro- the production of that movie apparently was so bad that Wesley Snipes would only communicate with the director via post-it note. He, he, <laughs> there were I- instances where he wow. would, would purposely not say his lines. Uh, there was one where he was supposed to be waking up from like being like... Um, like uh, I think it's a scene when he's being interrogated and he's supposed to get up and like open his eyes. So and he actually wouldn't do it. So they CG'd eyes onto him. Huh? CG'd his eyes opening because wow. he wouldn't do it. Doesn't surprise me. Um. <laughs> so uh, actually, Blade Blade Two was very subversive as far as that goes. Like the idea was like, hey, there's a new species of vampire. We have to team up and beat them. Actually, the new species of vampires are the good guys. Yeah. Uh, they were created by the fucktards that uh, are the bad vampires, and you've been working with them to kill me, even though they're the bad guys. Yeah. Yes. And I he was, was like, still kind of bad, though. He wasn't. He wasn't a good guy, but it wasn't as bad as the bad guys. But the the so thinking about subversive elements uh, going back. Yeah. And, um, and I think that's part of what worked out well for Blade is that it kind of flipped. Everyone's like, it's a comic book movie. And it was like, well, it wasn't really. Because the other comic book movies of that era were like Steel and Spawn. Yeah. Um, which Dolph Lundgren's Punisher. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Was that the era of uh, David Hasselhoff's Nick Fury? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, so good. And um, so bad. So bad. How does, how does some of the subversion stand up now? I mean, do you guys appreciate when we're 19 movies into an Avengers romp that they have decided to try to 
subvert the expectations by changing what moviegoers one are used to and to what they're comfortable with. I mean, uh, as much as we loved Avengers Infinity War, were you okay with what you had received leaving the theater after watching a superhero film? I, I will say absolutely. Um, one, I mean, one, it realistically, if you look at it, you know another one's coming out, right? Yes. Um, but... Two, they really focused, because uh, to be honest, this undertaking of Infinity War could have been a horrible mess. Um, but I think because they subverted our expectations and actually it was Thanos' movie, I think that might have helped to create a tighter narrative, mm. uh, which which gave us a better movie overall than if they had made it a superhero fest yeah like just like made them it, it, it had that superhero fest element i mean mm-hmm. you gotta think part of the third act is very avengers-esque mm-hmm. but it could have um, been it could have been like in a negative way yeah, um yeah. and i feel like it, it was tighter that way i i loved the writers said we wrote this movie as if thanos is the protagonist yep mm-hmm. yep um because it's his movie and that's that's a tough sell for a, it i sh- they made it look like an easier sell than I think it was. Yeah. Like people, people left that the, like there's a few people who left that theater really sad that people died. I don't know anybody that came out of that theater being like Thanos is a really bad guy. Like everyone said, he, everyone's like, he's the bad guy, but I didn't see anybody being like, ah, screw Thanos. He killed all my, but killed everybody. It's like, no, I think people legitimately bought that Thanos believes he was helping people. Yeah. And that's that's a really you know, like to to come out of that theater and be like, he fucking got rid of Spider Man, yeah. But I kind of see where he's coming from, mm-hmm. right? That's a win, yeah. I think that's you know that's tough. That's tough to do. Yeah. Kudos to the writers on that one. Um, I mean, I, I having thought about it, I think the only thing is, and and part of it is reading into that motivation for Thanos's character is that when his motivation is. I am trying to save you from something that will inevitably happen because it inevitably happened to us. Part of it is what is the visual element that lends to that motivation? But that's not the point. The point is that it's already like I had someone say there's no evidence that like people are like people who live in America. Obviously, there's no evidence that like there's this overpopulation issue, right? So why would why what is the motivation that started that has Thanos coming here to cause all that? So they were looking at the motivation and how that dictated where he landed, not the fact that the stones are what brought him there. They're just like we don't understand. There's no evidence of overpopulation in the galaxy other than what happened to Thanos's planet. Well, well and the way planet, Gamora's planet, and arguably the, Nebula's planet. The way he, the way Thanos looks at it is, if it happened here, it's gonna, it's ha- going to happen, happen everywhere. Else. And that I think was like my point to the person who had brought it up was, Th- Thanos is working on the on the assumption that this is going to happen. That human nature, and I use that term broadly yeah. because obviously we're dealing with non-humanoids, but human nature is human nature to seek out, to repopulate, to yeah. use more resources, to move to other places, to populate, to use more resources, to populate, to use more resources. It's it's just a cycle. Yeah. Uh, and, and being at the top of the food chain means that there's no apex predator to remove us 
Thanos then decides I will become that apex that predator. Apex predator, yeah. Which I think it's funny if they would have portrayed it that way, it wouldn't have resonated the same way if Thanos was like, "You do not have a predator to eliminate you." Right. Yeah. That true. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. Conversation. It's but uh, even then, it's not necessarily about a predator. It's, yeah. 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 There, there are no check, there yeah. are no checks and balances on the top for you. Yeah. 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 Right. You. We. I've seen. I saw it happen on my world. I saw it happen on Gamora's world. We don't know how many countless worlds he's gone to to fix this. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think they touched on it with like Gamora, where he like he legitimately believes he's helping them. And in Gamora's planet's case, apparently he did. He's like, yeah, it's, it's a virtual paradise. Right? She was yeah. like, we were fine. It was like waking up every morning not knowing if you were going to be able to eat. Is not fine. It Like, that's... Yeah. Now, go there. It's a paradise. Because of what I did. Yeah. Um, your species would have gone the same way as mine if I had let that continue. Yeah. Um, this way... and But what I, what I find interesting, and, I, and I'm kind of glad they didn't go into it but he's willing to be the boogeyman yeah he's willing to be the bad guy yeah he was the one that was willing to be ostracized by his whole planet for even suggesting right yeah they called they called me mad right he's he's willing to be the bad guy he's like i'm the only one who has the will to do it yeah he he's willing to let everyone think he's the bad guy. His name is literally Will Power. Uh, <laughs> but I think that's in, in terms of subversion, that I think is what is so enjoyable about Avengers is that we've been able to see the motivation of villains, but we've never really seen the willpower of villains and the, and the struggle in some instances. Cause he even said, he says it earlier where he goes, I, 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 uh, um, I abandoned my my destiny, my destiny once. I cannot once, do I that cannot again. Do it again. So it even showed that at one point or another, and maybe it's talking about what happened on Titan. Uh, at one point or another, his own willpower has come into question, and I think that um, that adds a very that adds a very human element to the character that lends to that subversion. The yeah. the very first line we hear from him is like, "I know how it feels to be so certain that you are right, and to fail anyway." Yeah. Yep. That line, so good once you take it in context of the rest of that movie. That, like you said, I ran from my destiny. I yeah. turned away from my destiny once before. I cannot do it again. Yeah. He, he's In his mind, he has failed before, and he has watched countless people die, and he will not do that for the universe. Yeah. That is, he, that he's is literally, no different from the hero he, perspective. So, so yeah, when happen. you look at it, he, he has literally been broken yeah. by that experience. Yeah. Um, and I've always liked, uh, I like your comparison to biblical heroes. And we've brought it up before yeah. previously. Like, I when when I bring that up to people, they're like, really? And I was like, think of Noah. Noah was building an ark, and he was willing to let everyone that he didn't let on that boat die because God told him it was what had to happen. Yeah. Yeah. He believed that yeah, what was happening just, needed to happen. It's not just an action. I think, and that's the, that's, I think in terms of subversion now, Superhero movies have always had this very predetermined notion about what we're going in to see. But I think subversion now is is taking actions and adding belief systems to them or adding a, a level of motivation that is untold. Con- so, so conviction. Good, yeah. good Marvel villains, and specifically Marvel, right? Loki, good villain. We don't usually have this conversation. We always have the fucktardian yeah. villains. Good yeah. Marvel villains, like Loki, arguably a good villain. 
right? His belief is that he should rule everybody, that it is his birthright, right? And that gives him maybe not the best motivation, but he truly believes that, right? But again, I think what makes Loki, uh, in terms of subversion, I think what makes it so intriguing for what you're talking about is that they didn't portray Loki in the MCU as wanting to rule people for the sake of being a dictator. They, he, he wanted to rule because, to your point, it was his birthright. Exactly. Right. That well, was he's... stolen from him when he was stolen from another Well, even plan. before that, when he wanted to be king when Thor was going to get it, it was like, he runs off and he doesn't even think about what he does before he does it. He yeah. runs off, he kicks a few ass, and then he comes back and he gets hit lauded as a hero. He doesn't think about his actions. He's basically a weapon. You aim at somebody and let him go. He's yeah. like, my, I'm Loki. I think about everything. Right? Yeah. I, I, I'm thinking. I want what's best. Like I'm actually thinking my way through that. I'm not just beating people up for the sake and of you beating think, people up. Unbeknownst to Loki, that's not the reason he's not. Yeah. Right. He's not the next king of Asgard. Mm-hmm. And and I think that's what makes it so interesting when you dive into the character. Yeah. Of what they're trying to build. And, and that's, that's where you see the unsuccessful Marvel villains, like Malkith. Malkith is what's, a bad guy to be a dick. What's, like, what's, just... what's the belief? There's no, you don't get any of that. If they had gone into more like, if they had gone, they, they kind of go into it where they say like, they ruled everything. When the world was dark, when the universe was dark, they it was theirs. And he goes, we had everything. And then light came into being. Yeah, but and what does that mean? Taken, that's and, what I mean. Like, go into so it. And abstract, does yeah. not, it. It's so abstract. Yeah, it was not help. Such and an we, abstract. Yeah. yeah, right. It's an abstract, but but to to imagine that you rule everything and then just because a light turns on, it's taken away from you. Yeah. Could you imagine that? To be to, your species runs everything. Maybe like they were they they ruled in the dark. And then I, I, I even think even to more of a specific point to what you're saying. It's not even that the light is turned on. I think it's a metaphor for like the simplicity of things. Malekith and the Dark Elves ruled everything. And then something as simple as turning the light on and they lost everything. Like like uh, no pun intended, by the snap of your fingers, you lost right. everything. And you never know. That could be a metaphor for for the Infinity Gauntlet. For all we know, uh, that's giving that movie a lot of credit. But <laughs> but right. then but, but, but then even I, I would even go further and say look at um, look at Winter Soldier and look at Hydra. Hydra um, the the methods right. they put in Winter Soldier is do you want to feel safe? Do you want to feel protected? Then you have to give up a little freedom. Right. Yeah. You have to you have to let Big Brother do a little bit more. And Hydra purely believes that. That's what they believe. We will. We will rule, preemptive, preemptive, and we will rule this world. We will run this world, and it will be more orderly, more efficient. Um, but I think, in, in terms of subversion, Winter Soldier did something amazing by taking something very common, mm-hmm. yeah. which is very relevant in our lives, but something very common, like the phrase you just uttered, which is giving a, a little, giving up a, some control and some of your freedom mm-hmm. for protection. For protection, yeah, that's technology yeah in a nutshell the era that we live in right now in terms of privacy in terms of security in terms of all these things is giving up just that little bit 
of freedom and control for that that aspect Convenience. of yeah. And so in protection. In terms of subversion, what 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 Winter Soldier does as a superhero film is it takes that theme of that moral and it shoves it right in the middle of a superhero narrative. Mm-hmm. When usually this would just be a spy thriller with really nothing else to it, and it takes this very relevant circumstance and goes, who who wouldn't give that for for just a for just a little bit of protection? All you got to do is give up a a teeny tiny itty bitty bit of your freedom, and we will keep you safe. And guaranteed. Um. The other thing I like about Civil War is that it subverts our idea of an evil organization. So this was a, this was an organization that protected people. Yeah. For years. Since since World War, what? Post World War Two. Post World War Two, the fifties and beyond, Hydra <laughs> saved people to enact their long game. <laughs> Right? Yeah. The SSR, uh, we don't know how how soon it happened afterwards, but at some point, the SSR, the Strategic Scientific Reserve, and S.H.I.E.L.D. became controlled at the higher echelons at, by HYDRA. Yeah. And that was just the norm. So what they do is they protected people in order, like you said, to get to that end game. When they could reach a point when people would sacrifice so much of their their freedom and privacy that we could just do whatever we want. And you know, what's ironic about that? I think we were talking about it recently where I, I, Hydra is, is, and it might've been on one of our classic episodes. Hydra literally bided their time because it's, it's the Howard's, it's the Howard Stark comparison. Uh, Hydra literally bided their time because the technology was not in place to allow the amount of control that they wanted. Yeah. So they yeah, literally definitely. went against their values or against the way that they do things, saved people to just literally get to an era where the technology gave them the ability to en- to enact a larger sense of control, which is very relevant in this day and age when we look at the way technology has infused in our daily life. I, th- I think it's it's very interesting how that kind of positions itself. And mm-hmm. Winter Soldier is a really good example. So that, that yeah. subversion side of it, like that's, I can't think of any movie that did something can't like that. can't think of a comic yeah. book movie yeah. that's doing it. And I, and I think that's why this genre, people are going, oh, are we going through superhero fatigue? I think we're going to get to a point where it's going to be very difficult to continue to, to dictate these films as pure superhero films because they bring so much more to the table. Yeah, I mean, look at look at Guardians, right? Space opera, right? It's like you mix in a little bit of Star Wars with your uh, with your yeah. superheroes, right? Um, you know, stuff like that. Um, Ego being being the villain, he's the dad. Yeah. And like, mm-hmm. and it's like there's moments where it where it looks like he genuinely loves Peter. Yeah. And he's really just like, I'm tired of being alone. Yeah. I just don't want to be alone anymore. I existed for eons. And you see weakness in him as well when he says, I knew if I ever stepped on Earth again, I would never leave. Right? And I would, and my, and this host would die. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, I couldn't, I had, I had to kill her. Yeah. It was the, I couldn't. I could not stand to go to Earth on a world where she didn't exist, and I couldn't let her stay on Earth because I would never leave. Yeah, it's it's one of the, it, Guardians is one of those weird films because there's definitely some deep values in there that you have to kind of sift through mm-hmm. to get there, but they're definitely there. 
Um, like, I'm even thinking about, like, even switching over to the DC universe. I don't think they've gotten to that point because the universe is so young. Uh, uh, ignoring the, ba- I'm talking about this current DC universe, not so much the Batman yeah. films. Well, I'm I'm trying to think. So, like, as far as like subversive, like some switching our expectations in the movie, I think Zod had the ability to do that if they had gone the fact that he thought he was saving his race. Yeah, he's just like I. You're a Kryptonian. We're Kryptonians. We sh- we should be doing this together. Yeah, we're we're the last of our kind. You you should be right on board helping me. You should you should you. If he had gone that route instead of militaristic, I think he probably would have gotten Superman's help. So, even yeah, even like so just showing question, emotion about it, right? right? So question. It, let's let's talk about Man of Steel real quick because I think it fails a little bit of in its in its attempt to subvert the genre that people are very much used to. People like to compare it in a very religious aspect of things. And part of it is valid in terms of that film. Superman is pretty much, pretty much as soon as you bring up Superman, someone brings up religion. There's some, in some type way. of religious element, especially in, Man I mean, Steel. I mean, it was not but subtle. No, it wasn't subtle at all. Um, I guess, I guess my question in that sense is how in that film in particular, that film is also a mirror image of the beginning of that film. So, like, to your point of in, in terms of that motivation, isn't this an instance in terms of Zod? Isn't this an instance where there's there's no way uh, um, Kal-El would have supported that because of the house that he came from? I mean, Jor-El wasn't going to side with him. What made him think that anyone from the House of El was going to side with? He wasn't raised by the House of El. No, you're oh, you, so you're right in the sense of of the. I'm looking more at the houses, but no, you're right. Like he wasn't raised by it. Mm-hmm. So I mean, there's there's different ways, but I I I think they feel like they were they thought they were subverting our expectations for what a for what a villain in that movie should have been, yeah. and it and it just didn't come across that way. Like at mm-hmm. the end of it, when he's just like, I'm gonna kill everybody unless you kill me. I don't get that plan, but um, especially as a as a militaristic type person that. I don't think you're gonna win, right? He's he's been soaking up rays a lot longer than you. Yeah, if you think of yourself as a battery. Well, uh, what was his explanation? It's, I mean, I'm because I'm a military man. I've been training for my entire life to be adaptable to, focus, to my environment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he so like, starts it took flying. him less than five minutes to be like, oh, I'm just gonna take this suit off now because I don't need it anymore. <laughs> and that, well, well, I mean, I mean, think of the the one that attempted the most subversion. I mean, you could say Batman v Superman is the one that is the DC Universe's biggest attempt at subversion. <laughs> I mean, DC Universe it, an attempt to recreate Civil War. I yeah, yeah. Well, what I think they tried to do is a lot of questions came about with the Superman movies, uh, which was how can he do that much collateral damage? And there'd be no consequences. So they tried to ask a very deep question. Uh, they tried to answer the question that everyone was asking, right? Yeah. Uh, because, to be honest, we, a lot of us were saying, that's not Superman. He'd be able to try and do this. He'd be more concerned. He would have saved more people. You know, stuff like that. He would have been. He would have taken more hits trying to save people than he would have, you know, than he would have given, you know? Yeah. Um, and then, so they tried to answer those questions with Batman versus Superman, and 
they didn't I don't believe they answered them well um I think they introduced well, my favorite DC character in movies so far and that was Wonder Woman but yeah they, I agree with you. They thought they were asking that question, mm-hmm. and yeah. then they never really go into it. Like there, there is a conversation around that, and you could be like, "I didn't know what I was doing. I've never fought a superpowered person before. I didn't know." I was, but it was what like, if, "What if I flew away? Like, what if I flew out of Metropolis and he didn't follow me? What if I was like, I'm going to leave Metropolis. We should go fight over there." And he goes, "I'm just going to raise Metropolis to the ground." Yeah. Until you come back. Until yeah. you come back. Um, but yeah, it was just Batman was mad because he was mad because Batman gets mad. And uh, when Batman gets mad, he likes to beat people up. I don't even uh, want to get into that. <laughs> I don't even want to get he, into Ben Affleck. He, he, he likes I to really flip don't. tires and stuff. Um, Lex Luth- I don't want to get into that either. Jesus. Lex Luthor being the So again, Lex Luthor, in my villain. opinion, is the sounding board for whether or not your subversion of the audience is successful. Like, he is the one who's vocalizing the subverting questions in right. all of his conversations. Uh, I there's, there's some great... There are some great moments in that movie, and we've talked about them a little bit before, where, like, uh, the question of Superman, and it comes up in the comic books a lot, and it's, if there is even a 1% chance that he could turn on us, we have to take it as a fact. Yeah. Because if he ever does, we're boned. We're, we're we screwed. cannot stop him. Yeah. And that's just reinforced in the Justice League movie. As soon as he is, as soon as he enters the fight, it's not a fight anymore. It's the Justice League wins. Yeah. It's. Yeah, seriously. And as soon as he like when he resurrects and he fights the the Justice League, like, I mean, you handedly, get a, handedly, handedly, yes. literally faster. Them. Faster than the Flash, or just as fast. He just has to learn, I guess. I don't know how that works. I I don't know. I don't know how they're gonna how they're gonna how they're gonna flip that. But yeah, he's he's probably not faster than the Flash, but he's close. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, he like, shouldn't be faster than the Flash. Flash is supposed be. to be the living embodiment of speed. It yeah. depends on which Flash they go with. Whatever. Right now they're going with but, rookie Flash. But I mean, <laughs> Spider he, Flash. Who who trips over things? Yeah. I don't even want to get. He into took that. down a mother box powered cyborg. Yeah. Um. The uh. The last it, living god. A, a living god and uh the most powerful Atlantean on the planet. Yeah. Uh. At the same time. After waking up from a really long nap. <laughs> like if yeah. you. If you can imagine, you wake up and five seconds later you have to fight the four strongest people on the planet, and you win. Now the argument could be made that the the resurrection process power souped him up, uh, for lack of a better term. But There's I don't buy no it. No evidence. Of that. I don't buy. There's it. no evidence that this movie even exists. <laughs> I th- I think it's a. I do. In my I do. However, say one thing I really liked about the movie, aside from Wonder Woman, uh, was uh, Jeremy Irons. Again, it's we talked about it a couple weeks ago. It's a character that I really like that I just don't get enough of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I need you to double down on Jeremy Irons, man. He's one of the he's highlights a, of your movie. He's a good Alfred. Absolutely. Right? He's a great I was, Alfred. I, that, I love that moment in the movie when he's just like, uh, how would you like to go? And he's like, okay, I'm going to drop you on the floor below them. Yeah. Like, doesn't ask he's him what he wants to do. for so long. He's just like, I'm going to drop you on the floor below them because I know how you fight. And I know how you want to do this. And I was like, that, that... That's Alfred. Without any explanation, that is a beautiful moment that I don't think anyone really appreciates. Like, a lot of people don't appreciate. Mm-hmm. Well, that's uh, because they didn't get through that far of the movie. 
Right. If if <laughs> if they had done more of that, where they just show Alfred intuitively knowing how he's going to fight the next fight, yeah. I think it would have been really beautiful, and they just don't. Um, the oh, Alfred is is the better detective than, but everyone's the better detective than Batman. Everyone, everyone, everyone is uh, a better detective than Batman. But I, every <laughs> everyone, everyone, I, uh, I'm pretty sure that dude on the street, yeah, is a better detective than Batman. <laughs> is in those and movies, and you know that dude. Right, you know that dude. You know which one. <laughs> you know which you one know. we're talking. About. You know which one. Um, but yeah, so Jimmy, I, the female Jimmy Olsen is a better ba- detective. The dead Jimmy Olsen is a better detective. Uh, Harlequin is probably in that universe is probably a better <laughs> detective than Batman. <laughs> Margot Robbie could detect her way out of a paper bag faster than Batman could. <laughs> Batman could. This version's Batman could. I, I, so I'm ragging on a lot, but that's because I really dislike a lot. Like, he gets some bloody letters, and suddenly he's just like, Superman's bad, right? Yeah. I don't, I don't Super get it. Super impulsive. The yeah. that's um, that's why I love that's why I love the video of Ben Affleck, uh, and then they're talking about the movie, and Ben Affleck is just staring into the distance, <laughs> just dead eyed, and th- someone hello silence, my old friend. Hello they just, darkness, my old friend. They yeah. just start playing that over it. <laughs> <laughs> Such a beautiful video. Um, but like, that's how I would have felt if I acted in that movie. To your point, Lex Lex Luthor also has some great points where he's just like he is the sounding board right. for either, the subversion of the audience. Either you are, I, I learned long ago, you cannot be all powerful and all good. And if you are all good, then you cannot be all powerful. Yeah. And so I he, I want to prove that either you are evil and deserve to die. Or you are not all powerful, uh, and you are less than you are. Yeah, and I think that's uh, like in terms of uh, we're talking about subversion in these comic book films that has been successful. And in terms of that line, like it, it, it's one of the first instances where it has challenged the existence of a powered individual uh, to essentially say. One of two things applies, and neither of them are good for you. Yeah, yeah. And and I think it's a ballsy statement to make when superhero films in the past wanted to position their heroes in positive light. You know, we we mentioned we mentioned this a couple of weeks ago when talking about uh, Steve Rogers and, and Captain America, especially with this lie in Tony Stark that Civil War, which came out at the same time as Batman v Superman, is completely okay taking. Steve Rogers, that everyone loves, that is the, for some people outside of Robert Downey Jr., is the leader of the Avengers. They are okay positioning him, making him the focal point of something incredibly negative that tarnishes his character. Yeah. And I, and I think that is a, it, it, it might not be like much and it might not resonate with some people, but it is somewhat impactful. Of yeah. a thing to do to position your character and go uh, uh, for your movie, not just for a scene or a sequence, because the next time you see him is Infinity War. So you have to live with the fact that the last time you saw Captain America, he screwed up mm-hmm. and he's a fugitive and he's a fugitive. Yeah. Although I would have I would have thought it was funny if they did an outtake where like, um, you know, Cap has like Iron Man on the floor and he's like, save James. And he's like. What? James. You have a friend named James? I have a friend named, named James. James. 
See, I, I would have liked it if he grabs the shield in Civil War and he goes to smash it on him and he goes, so you thought you were getting out of this. So you got detention. <laughs> um, but uh, along the same lines in Civil War, that's another movie that really subverted our expectations. Especially like, of a villain. You, you a villain. mentioned it. Yeah. Like, how much screen time does that villain have? Next to none. But he's um, like, he's got a... Great motivation, um, you know. When you that look, motivation at, doesn't even come to light until the, the it's end. Done. Yeah, right? you just you get inklings of it. You don't know exactly what it is, you, you know. And uh, but when you find it out, and you're like, oh wow, I'd be totally pissed off too. But it's incredibly. Right. I think this is the advantage that Marvel has over DC in terms of being able to subvert is that they have a lineage of films that they can pull from to create motivation from nothing. But the question that was asked in Superman or in Batman V Superman, right? Is there has to be consequences for the damage that happens. That was the question was answered in, in, in uh, civil war. There has to be consequences for the collateral damage. Sokovia happened. What yes. is the, what is the consequence? You got a guy pissed off at you that you shouldn't have. And, and that's the, that's the win mm-hmm. for civil war is yeah. that, in terms of subversion, it's not like uh, I. I think typical, uh, 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 a, a, a typical comic book film would say the Sokovia event happened. The Avengers are fighting one another, and there is a military in Sokovia that has it out for the Avengers. Yep. Right. So the Avengers fight a giant army, which arguably still happens in in. in Avengers uh, Age of Ultron but when Civil War comes around it is not Avengers against an army it's Avengers against one individual technically against themselves I was going to say the the bad guys in Civil War the bad guys in Civil War are are Tony and Cap are the Avengers but I think what what the win for Civil War is is the the scope of that motive of that character and the motivation that stems from it is so small. It's not an army. It's not a secret organization. It's not a black ops team. It's one individual who lost his family in an event, and you didn't see it in that event. Just There's I, no scene where a family dies and Baron Zemo's running around, and you don't see any of that. Mm-hmm. It's the cons- the unforeseen consequences mm-hmm. of your actions. But it, and it goes to it's, it asks the question as well: How far would you go to get, to maintain your goals, to get your goals? How far would you go to avenge your family? And then you ask Thanos: How far would you go to save the universe? Yeah. Um, and the, well. To Baron Zemo's, and uh, we talked about it the and previously when we were going over going through the ten year celebration. If if all Zemo had to do was this, and this is over the course of one day, he manages to break up the Avengers. How solid were you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, to begin like, with, like like you guys are the the leading defenders of our planet, and I release a video, and you guys can't. Can't, can't reconcile. Can't handle it. It's just like you asked. You asked uh, when we were talking about the uh, comic books in previous podcasts, right? Yeah. Uh, it was you know Cap Hydra Cap talking to re- regular Cap, and he said, "I had so many people join me right away, very easily." Just, just 
To join. Just to join. What makes you think your stance is that good? Yeah. You know? What makes you think you being the good guy even matters mm-hmm. right. when I had so many people willing to fight yeah. for me? And Bar- Baron says, you know, exactly that. Yeah, you're right. You're, uh, if you, you think you're that strong, you think you should be protecting all of us. Yeah. I broke you. That was the you. line at the end. I broke you. Uh, you know? Oh, how does it see? How does it feel to see your plan fail so spectacularly? He's like, did it? Did it re like? Did it fail? Because I don't care that I'm in this box. You can never let me out again. Because anything will never be the Avengers. Because anything that ever mattered to him is gone. Yeah. Right. All he wanted to do was to to break the Avengers up. And I and I love those lines where it was just like stronger than me, men than me have tried to fight them and fail. But if I could get them to fight themselves, that's how an empire falls. Yeah. And I, even even in the case of the Batman, most the most successful villain pre pre Thanos. Oh, absolutely. In, in my uh, there, are, I know there are a lot of people that have issues. Baron Zemo, in my opinion, is one of the most successful villains. And I just mean in date. actually accomplishing his goals too. Yeah. I mean, like look at it. You know? Look at um uh, and look at uh the the one thing that I will bring up is like we're, we we're talking about Batman v Superman and I don't want people to think that we're ragging on DC we rag on DC all the time <laughs> this Heart. isn't a, this isn't a one time thing if you like DC you better be ready for some harsh feedback and Marvel's got feedback of its own but there's a reason why their movies are rated incredibly high and why the DC movies are they're rated well but they're not quite We're there not even going to get into Green Lantern. No, but I think I think the DC movies are not far and th- like prime example we're talking about lex luthor right and we're talking about how how uh you know the 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 lines of dialogue that establish a character's motivation or establish where a character has come from whether we see it or whether we don't see it when it's used to impact that character's motivation especially when it is against what the audience is expecting it's it's successful subversion is what Marvel has been able to do. If we use Lex Luthor as an example, Lex Luthor has an entire conversation about his relationship with his father. And I was almost hoping that Lex Luthor's motivation was, what can I do that doesn't make me like my father? Yeah. And that's what I was waiting for. It's a line of dialogue that has to do with the way he was raised and all this other stuff, and nothing comes from it in terms of any character building other than I know this fact see, about it. See, him. what's interesting about the DC Universe in the comics is that some of the best times you see Lex Luthor are when his motivation is, uh, I, I wholeheartedly advocate, for, I'm an advocate for the human race. You, Superman, hold us back. You prevent us from moving forward because you're always there. Yeah. How do we cure a disease? We get the disease. You know, we we spend the time, we figure it out. Yeah. How you can our don't... bodies become immune to the disease? If you fix everything for us, it's it, what happens. Like for me, the conversation is okay. You fix everything. What happens when you're gone? Exactly. Yeah, and that's never if they addressed it that way in the movie. It uh, might might have been, been a little been more a little uh, telegraphed. Mm-hmm. But in terms of writing, I would have been a little more appreciative of the dialogue. Yeah. Um, like, it would have been very telegraphed for the film to go, hey, what happens when you're gone? And then it turns out he's gone at the end. Mm-hmm. But then it would have added a little more resonance to Justice League because this is the answer to that question. Right. What do we do when you're gone? We're I boned. I go find <laughs> other people. 
Well, like, so you're uh, you're either all all good and not all powerful, or all powerful and not all good. Yeah. But let's say, okay, let's say you're all good. We come to depend upon you. One day you'll be gone. What do we do with that dependency? Yeah. That's let's why say I think you're... Justice League of Batman v Superman, even though they are two films and they have elements where the visual aspects of it render the idea that they are two films it's the motivations beyond that that question that's never asked and why they don't have that connection that i was hoping for yeah oh super agree the um the same kind of thing telegraphed subversive villains killmonger Killmonger was super, super, super easy. telegraphed. Super telegraphed. You knew his plan from the get go, yeah, right? Yeah, he wanted to. He wanted to militarize black people. I get it, not not personally, but <laughs> we we deserve it. Yeah, yeah. no, hundred um, like, percent. Yeah, like if you yeah. did that, I'm not saying that's eye for an eye. That's you know, in some some situations, that's fair. I get, I get that motivation. Yeah. Totally Across go for racial it. lines, that motivation resonated with everybody. Take take Diana. take even the smaller case villain like Vulture in Homecoming. Oh, I mean yeah. I mean, dude, Tony Stark, for as much money as he has, literally took money out of this guy's pocket. He thought he was being responsible, but he didn't he didn't look at the people underneath him. And what is this guy supposed to do? He put money out for all this stuff. He's got to pay for it somehow. I'm not saying crime's the best way, but you understand it a bit more. Yeah. And you have that and you have that belief that Michael Keaton when he's talking to Spider-Man, where Adrian Toomes is talking to Spider-Man in the car and he goes, "I'll kill you." So, and Spider-Man is an interesting example in terms of that that style of subversion of trying to turn Vulture into the every man's working man. Yeah. Relatable. The, so yeah, the relatable man. But it's it's one of those ticket punches that you hope that the viewer by the end, by once you get into the the climax or the the third act of the film, when the film finally hands you that motivation, mm-hmm. because you definitely you get small snippets of it, mm-hmm. but you don't care when he's talking about his family and he's talking about his job and all this other stuff. You get the everyday working man. But it's a t- you can connect to it, but it doesn't resonate until he opens up that door on homecoming night, and his family is some is a a family that you have experienced this film with firsthand, right? And it's like it, it, it's it's a it's a challenging thing to do because you're hoping that the viewer is invested by the time the third act comes around. Mm-hmm. And it's ballsy, but it works. Yeah. It's definitely a ballsy And movie. And I think that's where the effect that you get even more effect because you know this guy's going to do anything he can to help support his family, even if it's illegal, right? Yeah. And you have Spider-Man pleading with him to not do it because he's he could die, Yeah, right? The end where he's like, your, your wings are injured, you're going to die, and he does it anyway. And Spider-Man, like, that part too. You see, it, it, it comparatively shows the altruisticness of your hero yeah of your hero saying i'm not yes what you're doing is wrong but i'm also trying to save your life i think if you have a successful um a successful villain that you can somewhat like understand and that that bounces off the hero very well yeah i agree uh the the vulture conversation like making making them making the villain relatable is is tough so mm-hmm. like 
and like you said that the motivation kill uh killmongers like at the end of it he was just like will you come back and he was looking what go to prison no just dump me in the ocean with the rest of the with the rest of my ancestors that knew that it was better to drown than to than to not be free yeah like or tend to live in chains like that's that's tough. That's like, some heavy stuff, man. Right? That's but you get but there's why, truth to it. There's yeah, truth yeah, to yeah, it. no, yeah, right? yeah. But it's it's relatable. Like yeah. having him be the villain, there's a point where you're just like like the, the writer said, we wanted we wanted people to root for Killmonger. Like we wanted you to not know who to support. Who to support. And there's points where you're like, Yeah. Yeah. I get it. And part of that comes from the fact that Black Panther did such a good job at taking the the actions of T'Challa's father. And because his father is gone, you have no one to pin these actions on other than T'Challa. Yeah. yeah. Even though he's not there, he's... Sins he's, of the father. Yeah, the sins of the father kind of scenario. And you have no one else to pin this frustration on, like, how could you do that? And so you pin it on T'Challa, and so it it does it does do an amazing job of giving Killmonger kind of a leg up before the film even begins to get to that point. And I I, I like the fact for for me that because um, some people were like, well, I expected when um, when Killmonger uh, took the heart shaped herb, he would end up in in the ancestral in the land. Ancestral and I was talking like, no, to the other guys because that's yeah. not where he belongs you know himself he is stuck in for him he's stuck that's in that why he apartment as a child mm -hmm. in that because he's, he's stuck still in that moment stuck in that apartment in that moment and, and he's talked he to his that father closure to yeah. talk to his father that's why i'm interested uh, they announced that uh right now ryan kogler is in talks with donald glover to bring him in uh who played lando in, in solo yeah and they're in talks for michael b jordan to bring him to to bring him back and the only thing I can think of to bring him back is that he's, he's, he's a, a what? He's one of the ancestors in the So that that was my thought process is that he is officially in the ancestral king of Wakanda. of Wakanda. I mean technically he would be. He right? he is a king no matter how long he was on the throne for, he is a king. Well, illegitimately. He's illegitimate, but I think that would that is what would make it interesting. If and the fact that he, the, in fact, is he did plane. take the heart-shaped right. herb. So yeah. he he was a Black Panther. He took the heart-shaped yeah. herb. He took because T'Challa was a Black Panther throne. before his father was dethroned. So it's not necessarily you have to be king to be Black Panther. Correct. It's just it's part but of I, it. it. But I think what make I I would be very interested to see if part of this is that T'Challa can talk to Killmonger, and Killmonger is. He doesn't sit with the other Black Panthers because he is an illegitimate king. Um, but some would say, and I think this is where the subversion is, is beautiful in terms of Black Panther. Some would say that the motivation of Killmonger made more progress for Wakanda than anything the other kings did. In terms of progress for an entire country. Right, he's he was the impetus that got Wakanda out. They got Wakanda out from being hidden. So right, I think, and with a with a like outreach programs. Yeah, that's subversion. That, that would be that would be interesting to see in the next movie if he goes to the ancestral plane to get advice, and he winds up taking it from Killmonger from instead Killmonger. instead of the other kings. Like the kings are set in their ways, and maybe he needs some new insight. Killmonger is the only one who understands the modern day. Yeah. 
even 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 up there even t'challa's father may not get it i mean look at the look at the first movie in in that you know just kind of decisions he made to (laughs) keep things silent Mm -hmm. but yeah i just i'm i am thoroughly enjoying i never thought i'd thoroughly enjoy films in this day and age that are intentionally attempting at altering my expectation i'm not saying that's a bad thing because i think film is the medium to have conversations that people aren't used to having mm-hmm. um but i've in this genre i've been so used to films being exact superhero movies being exactly what they are but that m- makes me wonder what we're gonna see in the future with ant-man and the wasp yeah. and um you know captain marvel like duo the- con- duo movies female movies like wonder woman Wonder Woman, Woman right now is the precedent setter for female yeah, superhero right. films. Right, that's that, that's something. But they, they owned it and it worked. And what what, what um, is interesting to me though is Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel will be in that movie, and I don't mean the female Captain Marvel. I mean the male. He'll be Marvel. Will be Mar-Vell played will be played by Jude Law. Yeah. How are they going to do that? How are they going to subvert our expectations of what, especially comic book fans that know. The, the 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 kind of origin here how are they going to do it and not not you know I, how well, does well, she get to shine when we're showing uh, a, yeah, a male that's, dude that's what, who we who we know was in that role yes and that that's yes, what I th- that's what I think is very interesting to see how much of how uh, like very similar to Black Panther's unapologetic like I remember saying this to someone uh, there was an article that I read that had to do with the symbol that everyone was doing uh, for, for Black Panther, the kind of crossing your arms. Right. And the article said, um, if you are African-American or if you are black, um, Black Panther is a film for you. But you must be ready to see white people and other people who don't look like you doing that motion. Because this this genre of superhero films has always been films uh, that have attempted to place themselves as films for everyone. So it's one thing to see something in a film that is intentionally for black people. It's another thing to see a film that is intentionally for black people within a genre that has always attempted to be for everyone. Like black exploitation. I, th- I, I kind think, of sorted. I yeah. think though that the, the black Panther wasn't only just uh, you know, a powerful movie, especially for uh, anyone in the African American population, but also f- there are very strong female characters in that movie. Yes, absolutely. Um, um, Okoye uh, just like, Oh my God, I loved Benagarera, her character. Shuri. I want to see her character yeah, so Wright. much in the next movie. So, so it, the reason I brought that up is for for Captain Marvel. What I am interested to see because it's is, a very male this, cast so far. Absolutely, is this a film about it, uh, uh, in terms of subversion for for the political climate that we're in? Is this a film that attempts to say anything a man can do, a woman can do? That it doesn't matter who gets the title of Captain Marvel or Marvel in this scenario. Is it just that she's as good as he is? Is it and just that it? hey, she doesn't matter that she's a woman; she could do exactly what he could do, or is better. And my question is: Does that come off contrived? Too contrived now. I think it. I think it really depends on how they do it. I. My feeling is she's going to be a pilot. Yeah. Um, armed forces. Think back. It's going to be set in the '90s, pretty male-dominated. 
Uh, are we going to see this from the beginning? Uh, you know, oh, okay, she's da- she's a first pilot in this area or something. You know, is it going to be, is it, yeah, is it going to be contrived? Or is it going to be something where she's there, she's owning it, and she's going to make it happen? Yeah. I mean, just like uh, the main thing about Wonder Woman I loved was that Diana doesn't know uh, or understand or have an inkling that men might think they're better than her yeah. and she doesn't care. And it's like, I think that's when really- she goes into the war room and starts talking. They're like, who are you? Yeah. Why does that matter? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm a leading warrior person and my, that's gonna in be, my civilization. It's going to be really hard to do, uh, because you have a sort of naivety, uh, uh of Diana that you can't do. in you know, with a yeah. woman who was raised in America in the nineties, you know, um, so I is, I'm interested to see how they do it. I think I think going forward, uh, um, I I almost wonder, and this is going to be nice closure, I guess. I almost wonder if the subversion becomes the thing that we expect. I think around Iron Man three is when you started to see that. Yes, when they played with our expectations for Mandarin. And then, I mean, Shane Black even says, the only way I'm really going to surprise moviegoers, both comic book fans and new people, is to do something so out of left field you don't see it. The problem was that felt a little bit, that fell flat with a lot of comic book fans. I'm not one of them. I really enjoyed it. But that's where they started to see... I saw your eye twitch there. Right? Uh, (laughs) Right? But those moments where they were like, okay, we we need to do something subversive. Yeah. We need to push the boundaries of what we've been doing. We can't just make comic book movies. We need we need to, to, to add a storytelling element that we haven't been doing before. Well, so now I'm interested to see if it reverts back. If the subversion becomes the thing that we come to expect. Or or there's that very fine line to where are we sub- Captain Marvel. Are we subverting something just to subvert something right. and, and, and it that, fails? That is my concern with Captain Marvel. So yeah, yeah. far well, I mean like Ant Man. Ant Man's a good example. I don't think they subverted any of our expectations heist movies, of that movie. Yeah. It was a heist movie. It lived up to a heist movie. It was a heist movie. Its plot did not matter. <laughs> right? If Ant Man the Wasp goes along the same vein, it'll be fine. Cool. Um, because that's that's but a Captain Marvel is yeah. the unknown. Yeah, right. Captain Marvel's and it's got big unknown. shoes to fill with what Black Panther did, or but, it's going to avoid those shoes entirely. And I almost wonder if people are going to go. There's a clear message you could have brought up that you ignored. It's possible. Um, I don't think you'll see a lot of a lot of movies that do what like Doctor Strange did in that final fight. Yeah. Where we saw a non-violent, a non-violent resolution, resolution right? Jeez. Oh like, yeah, I mean, our yeah, expectations totally. were like, oh man, he's gonna throw down with Dormammu, and it's gonna be badass. Oh no, he's just gonna get killed over and over again. Yeah, zero violence on behalf. That of was the still era. still awesome. Yeah, right. Beautiful scenes, but think things like that. Like Cap, could Captain Marvel do that? Like we're we're being introduced to a character that like so Doctor Strange. We were told he's like really powerful. He's got all this cool magics and stuff. Badass fight. This yeah. is what's going to happen. Nope. Uh, Captain Marvel. She can fly. She's not invulnerable. She can shoot blasts. Maybe. Who knows? Um, bad, badass fight. Badass fight. Maybe she brokers a peace treaty between the Skrulls and the, uh, and the Kree. Maybe. No, no. Right? You know, for now. 
Uh, what if it's an entire movie of trade agreements? Like they really just, they just, they just episode one us hard. Um, right? Little things. Like, uh, I just, I'm interested to see how, how far we go like that. So yeah. if you were to look at uh, Age of Ultron, um, there was moments where Ultron was relatable, but they didn't delve too hard into that. And I think that's where he wasn't as as successful as some of the other villains. I do um, like him though. Ultron, but there's there's moments there's like you know every, every, humans had their shot. Like God, every time things start to settle down, God throws a stone. He's getting ready to now. Like yeah. there, that line is beautiful and not nearly developed enough. No. Um, the then following that movie was Ant Man, right? Mm-hmm. Ant Man, no subversion. Uh, just it's very straightforward. Cookie cutter, right to the point. Um, heist movie. Then we have Civil War, and that was super subversive. Yeah. That was Baron Zemo is, is the villain that doesn't actually hit anyone, like really, like any of the superheroes. Yeah. Um, and then after that was Doctor Strange, Strange Guardians, super subversive, subversive ending. Spider Man, super relatable bad guy. Yeah. Um. Then after Spider Man was Guardians. Guardians. Uh, um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to be too. I I know I'm rough on that movie, but like, ego was relatable to a degree like yeah. he's like i spent Not eons alone as, good any, as any of the other ones of the, the other guys but you know still good and then you know thanos like well black panther black panther black panther thor like relatable uh, kind of things happening like hella i mean to be honest if my father trapped me in another dimension until he died I'd for be, thousands of years i would she's be, older than thor and thor says he's 1500 years old i would yeah. be very unhappy very unhappy. But to be right. honest, she was killing a lot of people. So, I mean, what can you do? Right? Her motivations are probably not as good, uh, but I feel like... She sold me on that she believes she's a vastly superior form of life. That's that's one of the ones where she was just like, I deserve to rule because I'm better than all of you, and I can prove it because I can kill you all. Yeah. Okay. And she does it. Yeah. So like, she sold me that she is stronger and better than all of them. Mm-hmm. And that they wouldn't recognize her rules just goes, well, fine, then I'll just kill you and take over yeah good luck with that um i think she was just a captivating villain just, either way uh, either way so yeah, yeah even even and that's that's kate Plan- as as kate, well kate Plan- as she yeah. was yeah. but like i don't think of that one as subversive i just think of that one making sense yeah um black panther killmonger subversive yeah thanos super subversive like he is the good guy of that film yeah yeah, yeah. um so now going forward it's very interesting to see and like ghost they've, they've it, been doing they, they they haven't been doing that for every movie so but they've had but they have been making more understandable villains and that's mm-hmm. where i think it's really gonna matter yeah like don't try to don't try to flip an ending on me just to flip an ending on me but make me understand why the villain is doing what they're doing so make me understand why the plot is progressing the way they're answering doing. that question so it may it, it, it'll be interesting to see what they do with ghost and ant-man and wasp because in the comics ghost hates corporations hates billionaires hates ceos uh believes they're they, you know they just take all the money and then don't care about the little guy and so she destroys, she does corporate sabotage. Uh, so are we going to see an instance 
in her past or hear about it that makes her more relatable to us if that's the way they're going with her yeah. uh and you know it's been so far so good yeah we'll we'll see uh, okay. That is going to be it for us. We went a little bit long. Yes, yeah, that's all right. It's it's a uh, it's always a good discussion. Right, we're a chit chatty group. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, that is going to be it for us. Um, in terms of where we're going to be next week, that is a very oh, good question. I know we'll have a special guest around that time, but uh, but. Uh, we're, 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 I want to go someplace. Do you want to go anywhere in particular? I mean, we got a little chance to rest and relax uh, a couple weeks ago. Then no one listened to us the previous week. This week, I, you know, Shander was 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 uh, it was pretty nice. It was pretty nice. They treated us well. So I'm looking for a little excitement. Ooh, okay. All right, a little more now, adventure. A little more adventure. And there's this place called Break World. Ooh. Okay. Now uh, I I don't know that that seems a little um, might might be a little bit too much. I action. mean, we came from Sakar. That planet well, is literally just action. Yeah, literally, uh, they're always at war. Ooh. Okay. Well, we can treat it like a little gallery show. We'll sit up in low atmosphere, uh, low orbit. Just, just watch and, and we're place, just gonna watch. Place we'll, bets. we'll play some bets. Like, we'll see like, what's see? going on. See, it's, it'll be a good time. All right. You know what? I like this idea. We're gonna go to Break World. Uh, we will do that next week. In terms of getting in touch with us, Twitter.com, Instagram at Sanctuary One Radio. Remember, send us your emails because starting next month we're gonna be reading them. Please uh, send us your emails. We'll have a dedicated section for those emails uh, to be able to answer your questions and kind of see what you guys think about what's going on, all the topics that we talked about this past month. We got some Deadpool, we got some Solo, we got some uh, uh, our, our villain subversion discussion that we had this week. We talked about Infinity War, what's going on in comics. Let us know what you guys think uh, because we wanna hear from you. Email us at sanctuary1radio at gmail.com. In terms of supporting the channel, you can go to patreon.com forward slash s1radio. That's going to give you the chance to take a look at some of the tiers that we have to offer so that if you want to support us and what we're doing, we would absolutely appreciate it. The base level right there gets you some bonus content to listen to us, our June planning meeting, so you can get an idea of what we do to set all of this up. It's really exciting stuff. And also some of our basic fears. And also some of our basic fears as well. Uh, Spider. No, okay. Um, I'm afraid of men too. It's fine. Yeah. So take a look at that. Uh, that, Again, that's our Patreon page. You can just search Sanctuary One Radio or S1 Radio. Uh, We pop up right there, which is really exciting. It's got our origin story. It's got a bio and all the different ways that you can support and some of the cool things that you get for doing so, including priority access on our uh, email list so that uh, the higher you are, the, the better the chance you will hear your question on air, depending on how many we get. Um, with all of that being said, that is going to be it for us. First official month in the book, boys. Uh, so, bow, 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 bow. so regardless of where you are out there in the world, even if you are one of those uh, stupid Nova Corps centurions who are flying around, uh, whoever's left, I don't think anyone has left. Might have some stragglers. Maybe. maybe, maybe who knows? One person is maybe floating around one Nova floating around out there. Probably. You never know. Uh, maybe he's just riding around. He's a rider. 
just doing his thing. He's a, he's a rider. Uh, in either instance, though, uh, everyone enjoy uh, your day, no matter how many times you uh, cycle around the sun, depending on the galaxy you're in. Uh, we will see you next week at Break World. So please join us. There's going to be nothing but fighting. We'll get some beer. We'll get some food. And we will enjoy some see absolute beautiful violence. Uh, we'll see you guys over at Break World. See ya. Peace. Bye. Peace. Doodle.